it's just like his, like you say, his range is in, insane. Yeah. I would believe him as anything, and it oh, would be a character yeah. that would keep you guessing the yeah. entire time he's on screen. I just think could, it'd be brilliant. Oh, he could turn it on in like the the conversation like he has with Andy with Jane Spader with the like I'm not going to be pushed around by some soft penis debutante. Debut. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to Scotch and Splenda, the podcast that tastes like The Office and gets you drunk like fantasizing your favorite actors and actresses are being in your favorite show. Very similar to last week, actually. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Here on Scotch and Splenda, we're talking about anything and everything The Office, but most importantly, theories, side stories, and what ifs. We are your co-regional managers. I'm always AJ. I'm BJ. I am Nick. And we are here on this episode talking about some of our fantasy castings that we want to see put into the series itself, right? So we don't want to talk about Laffy. Remember last week we talked all about some of the fantasy castings we had that we wanted to see maybe some of these roles. Not necessarily we want them replaced, but we want to see what some other actors or actresses would have done in these roles. This time... We're going to be talking about all about these roles that we would just love to see these people come into this world. Yeah. As a new thing, as a new presence, as a new being, that's what we want, right? So, we're very excited. We understand that maybe that's a little confusing right now, but <laughs> as this episode continues on, I think you'll, uh, you'll get the gist of it. You'll get the hang. You will. But... First and foremost, guys, make sure if you are listening here with us right now, make sure you are dropping us a five-star review on the podcast platform that you are listening on. Uh, It only takes like two seconds, if that. you got to smash that five stars, and if you're over on Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave us a review and uh, drop us your fan theory while you are at it, okay? It's super easy to do. Uh, You can also find us on any social media, at Splenda. That's just at Scotch Splenda, no ampersand, no and, no nothing like that. And be sure that you can email us as well. Uh, it is Scotch and Splenda podcast at gmail.com. Uh, all spelled out, one word. And uh, last but not least, guys, you can leave us a voicemail now. It is 319 359 7977. What did I just say, Nick? 319 359 7977. You got it. You don't have to talk to anybody. Not a single soul. You can just drop in there. You can leave us a voicemail and you can say thanks and hi and whatever you want or say how much you hate us. I don't know. We've gotten those. We've you, gotten those also. It, it's happened. So um, <laughs> we're here for it. And uh, if you got to take your anger out on somebody, I guess we're here to do that for you. So, um, but guys, uh, if you're not leaving us a voicemail, then we're going to be able to at least read your fan theory like we're about to read right now. I got one. Yeah. We have one that was sent into us via email from a fan in Canada. 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 Oh. Oh, the neighbors to the north. <laughs> neighbors to the north. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that theory is that David Wallace purposely has Michael break bad news. So basically they outline in the theory here is that Michael um, is told confidential information from David Wallace that's unpopular information generally. And knowing that David Wallace is trusting Michael to break the news. He's going to always blab it. He's never going to keep it quiet. So it's part of his plan. Yep. Basically, instead of having to like call a meeting to deliver this information, he basically gets to just address it after Michael drops it on people. I see. Okay. So he gets to come in after the fact and just be like, yes, unfortunately, this is the case. Yep. Okay. Um, there's yeah. lots of instances of this happening. I yeah. guess it makes sense. Yep. <laughs> there's it, like the branch closing. Yeah. Earlier on with uh, where it was between them and Stanford, which, but I think that came from Jan. Yeah, it came from Jan, and but it was the board's decision. 
Yeah. Yeah. But Who, uh, uh, on on whom's yeah. authority? The board. <laughs> the boards. The boards. <laughs> but it could have been a directive from David Wallace to Jan saying, hey, tell Michael this information. He's going to blab it to the Scranton yeah. branch. Well, see that that I think is a point against because it's like how does how does he know at this point? He's never met Michael. He's yeah. never done any of this stuff. So that's why I think in, in that instance, it's like maybe that is the cue card, yeah, as to why he thinks this could happen now because he finds out in in some way, shape, or form during this time because uh, we had, we really hadn't met David Wallace at this point. He's the new CFO. Yeah, but we hadn't true. met him at this point. We've had no face face to face with him. Yeah. So we find out that Michael and Dwight figure out who the new CFO is. Yeah. They in fact go to his house since he's out of the <laughs> office, and and then to try and save the company. To try and save the company. To try to save Which the they branch. Do successfully, obviously. Or the branch, excuse me. Yeah, exactly. No, they they definitely obviously it's they're doing why this. Of of course, stays open. So, um, but well, he would have met he would have met David at the uh, the Valentine's Day episode where he goes to New York and uh, yep. So he was already established as the CFO. They just never like. Wh- what did you say? <laughs> did you say we hadn't met Davis Wallace at that? I, point? I, I don't believe he had met actually David Wallace yeah. at that point. Yeah, in season two Valentine's Day, we meet David Wallace when Michael goes to. Uh, New York. Remember, it's the, the episode where he's like, "I gotta swing by my favorite New York, get my favorite New York slice," and it's a <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah. That that season two. So the the branch closing happens in season three. So uh, he's, I mean, he's already an established character at this point. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm gonna let you have that. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just present another instance of where this happened? Buffalo branch. Oh, AG's that's the favorite one. AJ's yeah. favorite moment in all of the office. It's great. He he <laughs> tells Michael <laughs> in confidence. Damn it, Michael! I told you that in told confidence. You confidence. Why would he tell him that in confidence? Yeah. Why on earth yeah. would he do that? Like it doesn't make any sense. Yep. This all goes way back to like I think episode four or five of our podcast where AJ dropped his big theory of. Uh, David Wallace is kind of like the downturn, if you will, of, of Dunder Mifflin, and he's a terrible leader for the company, right? Yeah. And, and nothing is more true than pairing with this theory of him giving confidential information to middle management and then it getting out. Yep. Um, and then back back up a little bit to the branch closing episode. Never in the history of managing would somebody tell someone they're getting fired before confirming that the person they're essentially promoting so josh accepted the job so in every normal workspace they jan would have gone to the stanford branch first would have talked to josh in confidence been like hey we're going to close this grant branch you're going to absorb six of their employees over here um, and then you're going to take all of their clients and all their sales, like, and you're going to be now what's called Dunder Mifflin Northeast or whatever. Northeast, yeah. 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 And, and then he would have in this world, he would have then said, no, I'm actually accepting a job at Staples. I'm going to leave the company. And then Jan would have gone back to the board. The board would have said, fine, we're close Stanford. Then Michael can take it over. And then never that episode wouldn't have happened in real life because Jan would have just gone to Michael and been like, Hey, the Stanford branch is closing. Uh, Josh is leaving the company. Jim and five other people are coming back. Right. I think that Jan was just so excited to, in her head, be rid of Michael and all of the constant headaches. Be rid of Michael. She was Scott. like, she was like, oh my god, I can't keep it. I can't keep it to myself any longer. No. I just got to do it. Uh, she was too excited. Maybe she was too excited. Maybe maybe Jan was that before Michael came. Like she, he really knew Michael. <laughs> maybe that was the thing. Maybe it's like Jan she, was the person who couldn't keep a secret. Yeah, she couldn't keep a secret. Like as we learn later on, Jan is very much just like a volatile like presence in anything. Well, that's so. That's another instance too that's listed here in the theory is where he's talking about with firing Jan. Like he interviews Michael and then. Tells him that like, hey, you're replacing Jan. Yeah, we're, we're getting rid of her. And and then she comes in, and he's like, frankly, it's long overdue. It's long overdue. Uh, yeah. But and it's but it's with but so you know, Jim 
Jim and uh, Karen are there too. Yeah. And you know what? The other thing here's a here's another thing. Maybe this has been brought to light before, but Oscar when he when he tells um, the accountants that he's already sold his condo. Yeah. That he's already he's already talking to them. He's talking to to Oscar and Angela and Kevin basically and saying. Yeah, I've already done this. Like, Michael, you should never sell your condo. And then, but <laughs> at one point, you have Oscar who says, maybe you should find out more yeah. before you, like, do this or commit to this. You think Oscar Meaning, knew? I think Oscar actually knew about huh. Jan being moved on because I, I think that he was savvy enough to understand what was going on or he knew to a degree sure. that, that uh, Jan was going to be fired. Because I know that Angela is like head of accounting, quote yeah. unquote. I think mostly Oscar, though, actually has a handle on what's going on. Angela's too caught up in like the petty bullshit of like what the Scranton branch is. Whereas Oscar is always looking out at the whole entire company. Yeah. Like, uh, AKA when, when the whole company's like going upside down. Well, and they've got the shareholder meetings. Shareholder yeah. meeting, all that stuff. And I think that Oscar actually had a lead on that point. So I think that there may have been there may have been more uh, understanding of it than was led on. That's fair. But yeah. that being said, well, uh, the shareholder meeting is another great example of this too. Like, yeah. yeah, like that's him very true. Michael, way too much information, and then Michael blurts out like the company. We're gonna sell the company. You know, we're going like, bankrupt. We're going bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, and we're going yeah. bankrupt. Do you think? You think? It's like, oh my god! <laughs> Why would you ever say that in front of a hot mic? Why would you ever, ever say like, what in the world yeah, is if wrong? The company's with you? not going bankrupt in yeah. front of a hot mic. That yeah. could be yeah. another <laughs> instance. You're right, BJ. Yeah, oh, and I think man. so. Really, this theory. Let me let me let me throw a breakdown in here. Okay, you got so it. So this Break this theory down. comes down to two things. You either can accept that David Wallace is stupid or he's a coward. And what mm. I mean is he is so stupid that he is willing to give confidential information to Michael, truly thinking that he's not going to spill the beans and he's going to announce it correctly, or he's a coward. Over and, and over. And he's purposely giving Michael Scott confidential information so he can be the bearer of bad news and he can kind of come in on the backside and back clean up. And so it's, it's which one of these two people does my, or does David Wallace want to be? Does he want to be stupid or does he want to be a coward? Well, I think he's, Oh man, I don't know that he's a coward, but I don't think, and I, I mean, I know that he's obviously the downfall of Dunder Mifflin as is, <laughs> I know that, but I'm not saying that he did it stupidly. I'm just saying he did it ignorantly. I mean, maybe there's a difference there. I just can't imagine that after the first time Michael was given that level of information and he blabbed it to the entire office, that they would continue to give him that level of information again right. in the future. Why would he, And which brings again to light, that whole thing... He has told them time and time again. He he let it slip, and then David Wallace. Sure enough, the Buffalo Branch closing. Yeah. Just let's go right back damn to it, the Michael. picnic. Like, yeah, damn it, Michael! I told you that in confidence. Why would you tell him that in confidence? Why would you tell him at yeah. all? Why would you tell him at all? Yeah, because he's know? stupid. Because <laughs> he's stupid. Oh my or god, he... David Wallace is stupid. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Or the theory is true and he's a coward. He can't look his people in the eye and give him the news. I mean, it's it's got in my head. It's one of the two. I mean, he's unfortunately, he had to look a lot of people in the eye at the, at the picnic. <laughs> yeah, there have been right, times we're a picnic today. <laughs> I had a little kid come up to me and ask if his daddy was going to have a job at Christmas. Uh, he's well, just he's just thinking about his, about his own present because <laughs> <laughs> that's what Michael would be doing. Oh, okay, fine. So let's so let's vote it one way or another. It's kind of like what what is what is the worst? Like, uh, yeah. Do you think? Do, what do you think it is then, Nick? What do you think? I think no. no. I think that David Wallace is just too trusting of an individual, and keeps giving Michael more and more chances than he should give him. I don't think that he's mm. stupid. I think that he is naive in that aspect. You think he? You think he's just like? Uh, you think he's just like? 
he's too trusting. He gives too many opportunities. Yep. He's just he just thinks he just he he. I think it's like he honestly, it's like he's too nice. Yeah, of a guy to be in the position that he's in, or so, he's trying to like. Or this is the level of information that they give all of their branch managers, right? But he keeps giving Michael that information too, thinking maybe he's matured or maybe I just my vote is no. I don't, I don't think he's purposely giving Michael the information to break it to the employees. I think he's just continuing to trust Michael when he probably shouldn't. <laughs> all right, that's fair enough. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm right there with you. I think that I am in the boat of I think David Wallace as. As we know, I think Michael's at least still a good judge of character for yeah. the most part. And he thinks David Wallace is a nice guy too. So <laughs> I think that David Wallace is just a nice guy and he just keeps getting brought in by that Michael Scott charm yeah, and telling him things in confidence because Michael Scott is such a great salesman and he just unknowingly tells these things to Michael thinking he's telling them in confidence. Because there's stuff like the Buffalo branch where, like, I can see why that's some information maybe he would have told her. If they needed to have some sort of, like, a plan in place to mitigate some of the, like, customers or some of the accounts with that. Or, like, right. if they were talking about potentially bringing one of the employees, like, oh, they have family in the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre area. They were talking about moving down. Do you think you could absorb that employee? Right. Like, that sort of stuff. Those are conversations I can understand why he would have told him that information. Mm-hmm. But, like... Why would you just keep telling him? <laughs> you just keep telling yeah. him shit. I think he's just too nice. I think he's just like, he gets too comfortable with Michael too quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what about you, BJ? Uh, I don't think he's doing it on purpose. I think he's stupid. Yeah. I think I do. I think David Wallace, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I agree with your theory that he is part of the downfall of Dunder Mifflin and his leadership and the way he leads. And everything AJ's aggressively operate- fist pumping. <laughs> everything <laughs> operational that that guy does is backwards. It's wrong. Yeah. It. I mean, he he is essentially. I mean, if if he's not, if you don't want to call him a coward and you don't want to call him stupid, then you can at, at, at least admit that he's a he's a gossip in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Where he yeah. likes to he likes to gossip about company news with his, you know, quote subordinates. Yeah. 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 Or, no you kidding. Know, and it's like Michael is okay. his subordinate. Like yeah. that's. Yeah. And so yeah. he just, you know, he's like, oh, here's the hot. Hey, Michael, you know, I, I know it's a company picnic, but I just had to tell you, we, you know, we're closing the, you know, like he's just a gossip. Like, and yeah. I think that's part of the downfall of, of, of the way he operates. So, so no, I don't yeah. think he's intentionally doing it so that Michael can be the bearer of bad news. But I do think that he is dumb. Like I think yeah. the way that he operates is dumb. Maybe he's not dumb as a person, but sure. Step. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I I did. I I aggressively fist pumped at the uh, pumped at that moment uh, because BJ did acknowledge that David Wallace is the downfall uh, of Dunder Mifflin. He's starting and, to see uh, the light. He's starting to see the light. And you know what? This also <laughs> brings me back to the point though that. It makes me wish that J.K. Simmons was, in fact, uh, David Wallace. <laughs> so that way, I feel like I feel like I would have a much better time blaming J.K. Simmons than Andy Buckley. To be honest, <laughs> I know Andy Buckley's like the nicest guy on the planet. I know. <laughs> I like. I love Andy Buckley, and I just like you know. I wish it was J.K. Simmons because I feel like I could get away with blaming the farmer's insurance guy. So yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's that's a fun one though. Where'd that come from? Canada. Canada. All right, I'm down for Email that. Email from Canada. Canada. Well, that just speaking of Canada, good. they make really good whiskey up there. Canadian whiskey. We're drinking Canadian. a 26-year Canadian again today. No, I'm just no, kidding. we're not. <laughs> no. We're drinking Crown Green Apple today. Hey, we are. No, I gotta no. go. <laughs> we're drinking salted caramel black velvet today. Oh God. this will be great to cook with (laughs) (laughs) why don't you tell us what we're actually drinking today beach uh so today i brought a it's a bullet uh it's bullet bourbon it's a single barrel it's uh 104 proof so 52 percent it was a store pick uh store here locally picked it in iowa and i have had it it's fantastic i hope i hope the splendor rating represents how how tasty it really is so what do you say you pop that bottle open and let's give her a drink? 
You got it, Daddy. Oh, there we yes. go. Yeah. Ooh. Give it a sniff. Give it a sip. It's got a great nose to it. Okay. Oh. 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 Oh, that's warm. It is. It's a little hot. That's warm. 104 is not bad. It is. It definitely is a little more abrasive, I guess I would say, than like the Infinity Barrel that we drank last week. Yeah. You can tell when a whiskey's a little more aggressive because like you start that salivating. <laughs> like I did. your tongue gets the tingles, you start to salivate like when it hits you. 100%. It's got a good bitterness to it on the back end that I like. It's not too sweet. I, uh, I, uh, it's not too sweet. It, it's warm for a long time. Yeah. It's if, just sitting here in my throat right it, now. If I was going to, if I was going to talk about this and people in, in terms that people who don't drink whiskey, like we'll talk about it. It's wow. It's warm for a long time. It's just like, it just will not go away. <laughs> it just won't go away. <laughs> It's like a bowl of fettuccine yeah. right before just, a five k charity run. Like it's just a hot ball of just, lead. It's in just your sitting stomach. like no, a, I'm like, just kidding. Yeah, it's like it's, it's just sitting like a brick in my stomach. It's just, but you feel it all the way down. Just yeah. carbo loading. It's all oh, carbs. Oh. <laughs> Damn it, dude. I like it though. I dig it. I, I don't mind it. It's like I I know I'm getting a little bit uh, aggressive with my descriptions, but uh, it's actually. I think I'm just comparing it to last week, honestly, because yeah. last week was like really kind of soft and like nice and very comfortable. Nuanced. And yes. And, um, and this is, I think this is, if, if you're like a whiskey drinker, then you're like, Oh yeah, that's what I want. I want this kind of more burn to sit around. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. a good one. I dig it. Beach. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. 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 Very, very warm. Um, yeah. Oh. Where's your splendor rating? That's a that's a three quarter packet. Three quarter. Three quarter. Okay. Okay. I'm okay with that. That's a three quarter right there. Whew. Yeah. That second second and then the third sip was even hotter. So I was like, wow. Do you need to sit for a second and evaluate building. again? No, no. I think okay. I, like I had to I had to keep adjusting as I was going on through my three sips. I'm a three yeah. sip guy. Okay, I'm not just going to judge it off the first sip. You're you're Dave Portnoy from yeah. Barstool with the pizza reviews. No, one, I'm, I'm not. I'm not one bite. One bite, everybody knows the rules. Take yeah. seven Take bites seven of bites. slice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, you got to taste the first bite, the crust, you yeah. know, check the flop. AJ's looking at the bottom of the glass. He's like, it's got a great undercarriage. Great undercarriage. <laughs> great carry. Great carry. Uh <laughs> No, dude. Uh, but like, yeah, I think three quarters because I was like, ah, I think that's probably a half. And then my second sip was more like, oh, I could maybe go a little less, like maybe to a quarter. And then my third sip, I was like, nope, that is hot. That as hot as tongue. I think. It's as hot as I think. It's a three quarter. That's yeah. what it is. So that's a good one. I dig it. Okay. So what are we here to talk about, guys? Are we doing fantasy casting? What are we doing? We're doing the people actors actresses that we want in this show that never made it to this show okay and i'm talking i'm not talking about like we're gonna recast other people we did that last week okay now if you've got something that lingers in that's fine we've been kind of crisscrossing ever since last episode uh last week and so that's okay but we're talking about those the characters um, that could be created by new actors and actresses yep. by some of our favorites. Okay. Um, and I don't mind giving you guys an example if you would like. Sure. Hit me. Okay. So some of this actually stemmed from um, a, a Facebook group that's out there uh, uh, in, in the world that they were talking about how, look, oh, oh look, you've got um, Champ Kind, you've got... Brick Tamlin, <laughs> you've got Brian Fantana, you've yeah. got uh, Ron Burgundy, yep. and like three of them made it onto the show. Yep, you're just missing Paul Rudd, Brian You're just Fantana. missing Paul Rudd. And I was like, dude, I would love to see Paul Rudd on The Office. I would like to see him as like some sort of almost not anti-gym, but like the gym from another branch. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Yeah. He's like super relaxed. He's super chill. And like, he probably gives the camera like a goofy look as well. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like yeah, but we yeah. only get to meet him because like he came from Stanford, but he just didn't fit in and he decided to do something else. Yeah. And then he goes to like Philadelphia and starts a company or something. Yeah. He does what Jim wants to do, but he does I, it before oh, Jim. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see Paul Rudd's character thinking that him and Jim are best friends and he's like pranking Jim and yeah. Jim's just not fucking having any of it. Yeah. He he's just, just like a stick in the mud, like. Oh man, maybe being on the other side of this is not always so fun. Yeah, he's got his Paul Rudd hair; it's a little bit long and stuff. Yeah, he, but he's also wearing like gym attire, like a blue tone shirt. Yeah, with a tie yeah. that's a little un like undone, you know, loose and rolled up, up and sleeves and rolled everything up like sleeves. That. Yeah, very, and like very he's cool. he's just standing. I just imagined him standing opposite of like of of Jim. And Dwight is in the middle, like looking between. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, He's oh like, no. There can't be two of them. There can't be two of them. And then that's like, like, like Dwight has to like root him out or something, you know, convince him to go another place. Or he could have been a Danny Cordray. I mean, like, he could have been yeah, anything. Yeah. yeah. He's, he had or so Dwight many. And Jim kind of team up against him, even. Yeah. And I can see yeah. like yeah. Paul, yes. Paul Rudd's character like flirting with Pam at the reception. Yes. Oh my it, God. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm serious. Like, how great would that be? You know, like. Love that. Or he's he could have been a mysterious uh, warehouse, warehouse worker. You know, like this this new mysterious warehouse worker that was like kind of sexy to. To Kelly and Phyllis and Michael, that you know, Meredith is like always you know, like, trying to put the moves on and make really Meredith uncomfortable. Is like, yeah, Meredith thinks she's like kind of hot. Seeing him walk in every morning or something, you know what I mean? Like, you get almost like the you get almost like the Meredith and Pete later on, where she's like, "Hey, new Jim, come sit on my face." Yeah, like, no, thank you, <laughs> thank you. That's sort of thing all the time. She's Dude. just like he's down there in the bailer, and she's like, "Hey, I got something you can stuff you can with bail." Mark. And he's like, he's like, no, thank you, Meredith. No, thank you, Meredith. Okay, he gets along great with with Daryl and Roy. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, Paul Rudd would be hysterical. It would have been great, man. There are so many places for him to be. I feel like, and I, I'm just so sad that he wasn't a part of it. So there's, there's my first inkling into do we, this. Do we have any limits on like how big an actor or actress we can go? I don't think so. I don't okay. think there should be. You know who I want as like. A senior executive. Give it give it to me in like the, the shareholders meeting. Okay. I want Tom Hanks. Tom as Hanks. like a senior executive. <laughs> but I want him to be a bad guy. Oh I, yeah. I want a Tom Hanks that's like a fake nice to your face, but is like a real cut oh, your throat to dude. get ahead type of guy. Dude, that is golden. Oh my as god. A, as a senior exec in the company. And I want there to be a moment where where he ends up he ends up feeling like he has to like run away from something and he ends up running like Moe's or Forrest Gump. Just as <laughs> yeah. a quick reference. You know, like like the very pointy hands. I really want the the reveal to be where like Michael thinks that they're on the same side on some issue. Yes. And he like tries to like, oh hey, we're buddy buddies, and Tom Hanks is very much not on his side. But Dwight realizes he's like Senator Palpatine. Yeah. That's what he yes. realizes. Oh man. I think Tom Hanks would be a great like senior exec in the company who's like a real yes. sort of shiesty guy. He would have been great for like. What if he, he played? He just cast him a, the CEO. He could have like been Alan Brand even. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, he could have been Alan. Cast yeah. him, cast him against type because everybody's going to assume Tom Hanks comes in and he's like yeah. the nice guy. He's really chill, like and have him be the nice guy for a minute, and then and then he's then he's like the turn around and stab you in the back, like he's then, not your friend type you, of guy. You know what happens? What is he ends up. He ends up being this like that exactly, and then you find out from David Wallace, and he's the reason that David Wallace sucks so bad at his job, and it's not actually David Wallace who's the downfall. It's the CEO, Tom Hanks's character, <laughs> who's been nice. feeding him all this bad yes. information. Yeah, because Andy Buckley is a saint. Yes, <laughs> yeah. 
that would be so <laughs> oh my gosh and he's like that, that I, would be the best. i specifically told you to tell all the branch managers that buffalo was closing in confidence and he, and david's yeah. just like i did i did but michael let it slip and he's just like yeah yeah like <laughs> It's just like it's like he's the one who's been pulling the strings, and then we find out that he like leaves the country or something. Or oh like, man, after the shareholders meeting, I think that would be a great character to have uh, as like a little mini he, villain arc. Yeah, it's like a small Tom villain, Hanks. and and that is why that is why they had to get bought out. Like yeah, yeah. He oh, had man, like the Enron great. scam where he like sells yeah. off all yes. the stock first and then he sells the company yeah. to Saber and he moves. Oh moves my to, gosh. Yeah. And he moves to Costa Rica and ends up being best friends with Toby. He pushes to he recognizes Toby and pushes him off the zip line. Yeah, he pushes him neck. off the zip line. <laughs> he realize he realizes that Toby's gonna spill the beans about seeing him in Costa Rica. Oh my gosh. We just tied this together well. Uh, (laughs) okay i got i got a fun one here all right hit me what if they got ashton kutcher to play as a guest star as brian or as kevin's brother like yes Yes! (laughs) after the reference and it's like Kevin's brother shows up, you know, for work or whatever. They're out for drinks, and he's like, my brother's here. And Ashton Kutcher comes in. He is dressed in a very sharp suit, looking devilishly handsome, and he's smart as a whip. And, like... Oh and my God! Oscar like is in and love they're with twins. Him. Angela's <laughs> in love with him. Like, and no one can understand. Like, uh, what what happened? Uh, oh, uh, I don't know. You know, like yeah, like they just they are just dumbfounded. Like, I I want him to establish that like in high school. Kevin was always like the funny, handsome, popular one. The, the football and that, star, or something. and that Ashton Kutcher was always like the, the band geek nerd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here's here's a picture of us in high school, and it's showing them as the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like real ugly duckling. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that would be phenomenal. And like, yeah. it, it, you're absolutely right. Like Kevin does, and that's exactly why Kevin doesn't understand why people think like he might not be attractive in some way. Yeah. And then yeah. I just need a, I just need a clip of them both like, like shotgunning M and M's together. Yeah. Like that's oh what I need God. to just tie it together. I just, I really badly want Ashton Kutcher's character in this to have like these like deep seated self esteem issues because yeah. of their time in high school and stuff. Yeah. And like he still thinks that Kevin is the more handsome and smarter brother. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're out oh, for drinks perfect. he's like uh well my uh, kevin was always the cool one and yeah then, like, kevin, kevin was says, always the cool one. Oh my god says something they, really uh, stupid oh. and, and 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 ashen's character is just like gosh isn't he the funniest he's just uh, everything he says is gold like i just, really want him to be i really want him to be like a wall street mogul and he'll be like I know. It's just I've always been a nerd. It's just the numbers, I guess, or something like that. Like this very yeah. cool, very like rich job that he like downplays to be some shitty yeah. nerdy occupation. And then yeah, and then no, I- and this is like yeah, me and uh, me, oh, me and Kevin, we both went into accounting together. But he's like a Wall Street mogul, and Ke- yeah, Kevin works at Dunder Mifflin in the accounting department. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. It'd be even better if like they were like uh he references like Kevin playing poker a lot. Like he's such a numbers yeah. whiz. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's so good at poker. Like, hey you guys want to play poker? Like that kind of thing. God, what a missed opportunity. <laughs> so Holy cow, would that have been good? Oh man. Good yeah. call, bro. <laughs> uh I think I have a I have another fun one that's kind of interesting, I thought. Um, and so this is... I didn't know how to bring this up like last time, like in our last episode, because yeah. it is very similar, but then I realized like who I actually wanted this this person to play. And again, we're taking this back to fantasy. So it could yeah. be the past, they could be alive, they could be dead, they could be in the... You know, whatever it is. And so one thing that I thought of was... Um, 
I thought about Robert California. I thought about like D'Angelo Vickers. I thought about you know those kinds of guys, especially during the uh, the uh, uh, job hunt, you know. And uh, I I thought to myself, you know what? I like Robert California, but you know who I would have rather had him had play him? Who? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Nice. Oh man, dude! <laughs> yes. Can you imagine him walking in with like a full, like double length scarf, like wrapped oh, around man. him, and just like <laughs> I'm saying, man, like just him striding into that place, like just full on, like his character in uh, what what is it? Um, along came along Polly. Came Polly. Yeah. yeah, and just him strolling into that place, just. Full confidence and nothing ever breaks his confidence. Yeah, and like Rain the, Man, Rain Dance. <laughs> yeah, imagine him in the basketball episode. Oh my gosh! And then they take him back they to get season to, one. They get to repeat the basketball episode. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? And he's just entirely confident in his ability to shoot like threes and stuff. Yeah, and oh man. But, like, he is a very cultured person, but for some reason he just can't put it together in Scranton. Yeah. I just would love that so much. That would like, be excellent. <laughs> he's just got so much range. Like, he's been, he in, he's been in everything. Like, he was Truman Capote, and he was also the doofy hippie guy in Twister. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he's played everything. And the, the big nerd in... Yeah. Um, Oh shoot, Boogie Nights! Yeah, he you know? plays he like, plays oh, yeah. a shockingly sinister villain in Mission Impossible. There 3. you go, like like he's he's terrifying in Mission Impossible Three. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just it's just like his like you say his range is in insane. Yeah. I would believe him as anything, and it oh, would be a character man. that would keep you guessing the yeah. entire time he's on screen. I just think could, it'd be brilliant. Oh, he could turn it on in like the the conversation like he has with Andy with Jane Spader with the like I'm not going to be pushed around by some soft penis debutante. Debutante. Like how much more <laughs> scary? How much more menacing is that conversation coming from Philip Seymour Hoffman Dude, instead I of know. James Spader? I know, and it's already scary from James James Spader. But yeah. like if he goes Mission Impossible three, yeah. like. Man, that gets very scary. If that if yeah. he goes like Mockingbird, like Hunger Games, like yeah. it gets scary. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh man, he would have been great. I just thought it was like such a fun time, like to to for the idea of him to be like on screen in that setting, and the way that they shoot that show, it would have been yeah. phenomenal. So yeah, he would have been very good. Yeah, Nick, you got one. I, yeah, um, you know who I want as a large client for like one episode okay is nicholas cage <laughs> like a zany <laughs> weird like buyer for a company that's just very like i want him to be i want him to be kevin nealon in happy gilmore yeah i want him to be that character the very like oh man you just got to get your chakras right you gotta like <laughs> i want him to be that guy for like an episode and like but I want him to work with Dwight, and he, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who doesn't know how to hand deliver what to do. And I want him to ask for like the most sustainable paper they have. Yeah, you know, but it's just like it's paper, dude. Like I like, want Nick Cage bad as like a <laughs> zany, weird buyer for a large company that yeah. Dwight's trying to lock down. Yeah, do you do you have a hemp paper? Like, like, <laughs> <Do> you, <laughs> like that's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> I think that he would be hysterical. I think it would be really fun to bring him into the office and have him do like a meeting in the conference room yeah. to see how he would interact with some of the other characters. For sure. Because I think especially if it was later seasons and you got like late seasons Ryan that's very like, I'll just buy into whatever yeah. type of, I think that they would have been a very funny dynamic between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Oh, that's a fun God. one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, BJ, you got what, do you, what else you got, man? I got a couple more, but one I I absolutely loved. I actually, I did see this one online, but it's Nick Offerman coming in playing Dwight's dad. Oh, oh dude. Just like his dad. Oh, my gosh. Like Nick Offerman, very Parks and Rec, you know, like yeah. stone, stone-faced, like outdoorsy, the opposite of Dwight where he's like really good at hunting, really good at all the stuff that Dwight thinks he's really good at, you know, and he's just like a disappointed <laughs> dad. 
yeah. for Dwight. Like, no matter <laughs> yeah. no matter what Dwight does, he's just always like that. He's the impossible to please father. Yep, and he's just so disappointed in the way the farm runs and everything else, and that he and uh, like I just imagine like him looking down at his beeper and his cell phone on his belt loop and just being like. <laughs> But he's raised you better than he would have to be. (laughs) He would have to be completely clean shaven, like he is in that one episode of Parks and Rec where like Tammy Two comes back. Yeah, and he has to be completely (laughs) clean shaven with that like that like full size phone on his belt and like like look really good and everything, (laughs) dude. (laughs) This could be such a good opportunity to like humanize Dwight to Jim and have that be like a, a good. I don't growth between their relationship as friends where it could yeah. be an instance where like, I'm just picturing Dwight trying to like tie some complicated knot and like, he's nervous and fumbling over it. And his dad is like, Oh my God, give me that. And like takes it from yeah. him and just whips it up or whatever. Just and whoosh. he's uh, and like, you can just see like the disappointment in his face and then like the shame with Dwight. And, yeah. Like, how that could be a very, I just, At I don't first, know. Like, Jim was reveling in this, but yeah. now he starts to see it's not a good thing. Yeah. And, and then like, it plays okay, into him maybe, becoming a father. Maybe this is what Dwight is the way that he is <laughs> yeah, type yeah, of thing. Exactly. Like it could have been a great humanizing moment. Yeah. I like that. Oh my gosh. Nick Offerman. Yeah. I like that, yeah. dude. Good call. Um I do have one more well Hold on, can I oh oh wait, can oh, I yeah, usurp yeah. you for a yes, moment? Please Sorry. do, please do. Can I get coming in as just a quick supporting cameo? In the episode where Angelo Grotti is trying to sell the insurance, where Michael shuts him down, I want his sales manager to come in and try and close it car dealership style, and I want that to be Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, oh my God. Just come in full on Goodfellas Joe Pesci. Like, and, it, come, and have him be the guy who's like trying to push everything, and he just leans so hard into the mobster angle. And I feel like I feel like it should keep growing from there. And like next, like first, it should be Ray Liotta, <laughs> and then it should be Joe Pesci, and then after that, it's Robert De Niro. De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> And it just keeps getting more and more intense until finally you see Scorsese walk in in the most like he's just have like Scorsese, the nicest guy have Scorsese as like a passing they're in like a conference room Scorsese walks by as like the CEO yeah. and just past the big picture windows you yeah. don't even get like a full cameo he's just, just also a, a quick there. like shot like yeah. a quick zoom shot that that follows him and traces him he's just. <laughs> Oh, I just want man. Joe Pesci to come in and start explaining like the logistics of like risk analysis, et cetera. Yeah. And just this like hardcore New York accent. Yeah. He's very like, oh man, I think that would be outstanding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, that would be phenomenal. Oh, he brings they're doing the meeting at their office. That's why they're all there. And he brings along like Dwight and Andy, but he also brings along Oscar as his numbers guy. And Oscar's like the only one who's like, this is definitely the mom. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody else is just like... <laughs> um, <laughs> God, like, how do you not know that this is him? Like, it's, yeah. it's obvious. And then they all have to go out and they all have to get into like a Cadillac Eldorado or something like yes. that. <laughs> like, um, I have one that's the problem is, is like, I can't think of anything, but at the same time, I can think of everything for this actor. Okay. <laughs> Literally yeah. anything that you, that you want. Like, I, I don't care. Just come up with a random thing. And I'm like, yep, put him in there for that role. And it's Woody Harrelson. Yes! I was just <laughs> Woody Harrelson. You know where I want him? Where? I want in the episode where they close the New York office and that guy comes in and hassles them about taking New York clients. I want that to be Woody Harrelson. Dude, I just like he could be he could be a tough I'm not, guy. I'm not joking. I'm gonna pull up my phone so you can see this list and see. Oh my god. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just thinking Woody Harrelson. I'm just like I'm like just Woody Harrelson, and I'm like I don't care what he does. I just want him in there. He could even be like he could even be kind of like a um, like s- sort of like un 
unconfident kind of guy, almost like in Kingpin, or he could be like, yeah. he could be a real intense person, like he's played a hundred times. Oh yeah, he, you know, he could be a cop. He could be in the warehouse. Oh, he could man. be a, a, a mid-level executive. He could be anything. And I'm just like, I don't know how to pin like pin you down, but at the same time, I kind of love that. I just want Woody Harrelson. To just come in and oh, do man. just do something. He would be so excellent. As what? Uh, oh, just period. <laughs> just period. He would be so good. I just like, it, like he, oh man, he would just be like Woody Harrelson is just so good. Yeah, I know. Like he would come in and just be hysterical in whatever he's in. I'm sure. I, I, I agree with you. Like I'm just thinking to myself. I'm like, how do I just like. Like force him into something. Like, yeah. how do I just shoehorn him into a role? And I'm like, He's, I don't, I don't have to. Like, I don't have to. <laughs> he is a you know cop what? who you know what that takes was? the statement when Andy gets beat up by the fifth year, the yeah, fifth grade yeah. girl. He's the cop who comes in and takes a statement on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, who was it? What, so, is a girl? Is it a girl? No, it was a guy. Okay, well, and his <laughs> and his partner is some other big bad, like Thomas Jane from The Punisher. Yeah. Like, that's the partner, and they're both just like so emasculating to Andy. Yeah. They're just they're they're like a, they're an intimidating presence to just Andy, like all yeah. together, and just like <laughs> oh man, oh or or if if those two kept re, kept be, being the cops that like showed up like outside the dinner party, yes, or, like, not now, Dwight, not now, Dwight, and they know Dwight, <laughs> yes. If 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 Woody Harrelson and Tom Thomas Jane just kept showing up as the two cops in Scranton on that side of town. Dude, I would be all here for it. They show up at Poor Richard's, or you see them drinking in the background at Poor Richard's off-duty, yes. or just yeah. like anything at all, man. Oh, oh man. <laughs> that's that's the best thing ever. I did not mean to interrupt you. Go ahead, B. No, that was just that, that pause when you... <laughs> When you stopped, all of a sudden, all I could think about was, "I am assistant regional managers. Part of my part of my duties are to to what <laughs> to what." <laughs> he just, oh man, to Woody Harrelson would just be so good. <laughs> oh, dude, that's uh, great! Holy um, shit! Okay, can I jump on the cop thing? Because I had a cop one. All yeah, right, please hit me. Thomas Lennon. Uh, as as Damn part it. of the uh as part of like he is the sheriff Reno nine one one. Yeah, oh yeah, so sorry. Yeah. So so Thomas Lennon, he's Lieutenant Dangle in Reno nine one one. He's he's <laughs> the uh, he's he's like the sheriff that Dwight has to report to and you find out like Jim making fun of Dwight for like being a fake cop, whatever, volunteer sheriff's deputy, all this stuff. And then you meet his boss, who's Lieutenant yeah. Dangle. And you find out like <laughs> Maybe they do need Dwight on the, on the squad. <laughs> like, They're just crazy incompetent. Who they also have deputies who are who who's Thomas Jane and Woody Harrelson, <laughs> but <laughs> Thomas Lennon is their superior officer. <laughs> yep. I Dude, love that. That would be phenomenal. And you know what? Just just to just to pull something out of the Reno nine one one world. Is I want his thing to be that he's always wearing a different pair of boots or shoes. I just yeah. want it to be like, <laughs> like all Thomas Lynn does. And it's like, it's very subtle every single time he's on screen, but for some reason, it's always a full body shot, like from the distance. And you always see he's wearing like it's white, white boots. boots or red shoes. Yes. Or just like, Green, like bright neon green. Yes, something different every time. Just every single time, even if it's the same day. It's like <laughs> I just want that to be a thing. <laughs> you know, one just then hit you got to pull a concierge tucked into Marie cowboy boots. In. Yeah, <laughs> tucked into the cowboy boots yeah. for sure. He's got to be able to show them off. He's not going to hide most of the boots. He's got he's got his he's got Chuck Taylors on, but he decided to cuff his pants like, <laughs> like something like that. I had uh, I had one hit me a minute ago while I was sitting here. You know who I want as Michael's improv teacher? Who's that? Robin Williams. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> oh, that would be the greatest thing ever. 
Because like, but 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 oh, go ahead. Go they ahead. won't acknowledge that it's Robin Williams or looks anything like him or anything yeah. like that. But at the same time, Robin Williams loves Michael. Oh, <laughs> he's not like the super annoyed like no Michael when he's got another gun. Robin Williams is just like oh he got you. <laughs> instead, instead like it's like he could even have a smaller cameo. And it's like, yeah, so-and-so wasn't actually here. He couldn't make it tonight. And uh, it turns out, like, the whole reason is because the guy can't stand Michael anymore. Yeah. But then he's yeah. like, yeah, so-and-so couldn't make it tonight. And then and then Michael pulls his gun move. And then Robin Williams interrupts like he's going to be upset. And he's like, well, how big of a gun is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like that would be it. That's how he would, like, encourage Michael almost. And then Michael would fall in love with him. And then he'd be the long-lost, like, improv Acting teacher. Acting teacher. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's what I stuff. want. <laughs> um, I did have... Um, I did have another one, but again, it's it's a really tough one. And again, it's not to it's not to do something that he's already done before. Yeah. But at the same time, the joke was obvious and I think he's pretty well in on the joke. And it is it is uh Peter Dinklage. <laughs> and I want Peter Dinklage to be like a higher up his character in, in elf. In elf. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want. I just want it to be, and like he's like the hardest core, like the hardcore, like you cannot joke around with this guy. Like he's he's super intense. <laughs> he's the guy who brought on David Wallace because they were friends in college. Like and like that's what happened, you know. Yes, he's the he brought on the new CFO. He's the COO. I don't know. You know what I mean? Something he's along just those super lines. Super hardcore, no bullshit. Yeah, absolutely no BS. He's just always on on his game. And then he gets to he gets the Scranton branch for some odd freaking reason, and Michael just can't let it go. You know, he just can't oh, let man. it go, uh, and he gets caught up. I feel in, like it'd be Dwight that couldn't let it go. Like Dwight would be calling him. Just <laughs> oh like when yeah, Dwight, yeah like call. he did with Dwight. Ryan's friend. Good friend, call. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> thank he you. He would for sure think that he's like a, he's got powers, you know, and like, yeah. Yeah, and his character Peter Dinklage's character would just have no patience for it. Some sort and, of mind control or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, and we know that Dwight loves and just, knows Game of Thrones, which is great because that would make that a yeah. great like late season edition as a cameo. Yeah, that would be a great like inside joke to everybody. Oh my gosh, it'd be so yeah. good, man. I just think, and again, it could be it could be anything though, like. He could have. He could also um, just simply be working around the business park. You know, he could just be a guy who works around the business park. He could have a lot of cool roles, or he could be like security with Hank, and just, just anything. You know, I don't know. It, it's like Hank is super tall, but Peter Dinklage is also there, so like you can't see when <laughs> Peter Dinklage is there behind the the desk or whatever. Like I don't know. <laughs> Oh, oh wait 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 oh, what if he know, was just what if he was just what if he was one of dwight's friends from the oh, school oh man from, from fake x-men the school? school what if he was one of oh, dwight's yeah. friends Shit. from the school the x-men school <laughs> and his well his, well what's his power what's his power aj ground vision <laughs> no <laughs> damn it <laughs> why not <laughs> his his power is the ability to control the weather really slowly really slowly <laughs> yeah <laughs> like he can't he can't make it rain now but he's gonna make it rain on thursday on thursday <laughs> <laughs> that sort of stuff <laughs> I like that. You know, okay, you know who I want? I'm sorry, BJ, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump you again. That's my bet. Go for it. Yeah. You know who I want? I want Lin-Manuel Miranda as the director of Andy Sweeney Todd production. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, yes. I think he would ham that up so hard. Yeah, he, and again, he'd have just the longest scarf on. Yes. You know, and he'd, and he'd be wearing a jacket, unironically, from Hamilton. Yes. And that's what yes. it would be. Oh man, I think that that would be hysterical. I love that for you. And I want I want Andy to be very 
arrogant in that situation yeah. where he is like, like Lin-Manuel Miranda is like giving notes on stuff and Andy does like the look to the camera with like the jerk off motion yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. He just rolls his eyes. Like, like, the, the, guy, the guy's directed a couple of local plays and like yeah. he thinks he's hot shit. You know, that kind yeah. of a thing. He's the, he's the director for their community theater yeah. production of Sweeney Todd. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he came down. What's a, what's another town or something like near New York, but not New York? It's I like, or he's, Al- he's Albany's di- North. Albany. He He'll say, we'll say Albany. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, he came from Albany. And he's directed a couple of off Broadway plays like that weren't necessarily successful. It's like, so he thinks he can come down here to Scranton. He thinks and, he's uh, going to come down here and turn this into rent. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Holy shit. Yeah, dude. Uh, that's that's great. <laughs> oh man, well played. Oh man. All right, BJ. Nick got you skipped, but what Sorry. do you what do you got, friend? Uh, you know, and it's it's so stupid. But my last one I was thinking about was uh, like, what if Seth Green came in as one of uh, Ryan's like scumbag friends? Oh my I, oh, god, the friend he went to Jacksonville with, or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. or uh, where did where did he go? Florida. He went to Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. And he he comes in and he's got his hair like top dyed blonde, just like you know Ryan. That's where Ryan oh got it God. from. And he's got the blonde tips, and he is just everything you hate about that Ryan. Guy. Like, let's just call it <laughs> oh. that guy. Yeah. And yeah. It's it's Seth Green. And dude, oh my gosh, that would be brilliant. If it was modern day, he'd be like a big crypto bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. But he. But you never see him. He's not. He's never not wearing board shorts. Oh my god. Yeah. He's god. a board shorts guy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Always immediately. It doesn't Michael matter what he's wearing on top. <laughs> and Michael, Michael ends up wearing board shorts once, too. Yeah. Oh. Michael brings board shorts in. Michael dyes his hair blonde. Like he was trying to be part of the group and. Inject douchebag Seth Green into my veins in this this episode. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Oh, man. Kelly's got a huge crush on him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, man. Kelly can't decide. Like, yeah, she's having a tough time. Uh, Oh, oh, that's Ryan's best friend. His name's Brody. 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 Oh, God. But he only hits on Aaron. Yeah, (laughs) when they when they meet him, it's like he he hits on Aaron, but Kelly's infatuated. Like and like and like Ellie Kemper's fairly tall, and Seth Green's a pretty short guy. I think it would be funny for them to like accentuate that. Yes, every time he's trying to hit on her, he's just like six inches shorter than she is, but full confidence. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, (laughs) God, that would be so good. I love that. Um, I have one more. Yeah, um, let's, and yeah. so I think this, our, this is kind one. of into our final ones yeah. here. So uh, um, my last one, um, we'll do these all day. Otherwise, I know. Um, I was, I did, I did have on here to be to have Hillary Swank as Hillary Swank. <laughs> <laughs> but I decided I was like, well, that's a pretty short-lived one, so that's fine. Um, but what I thought would be a really a really great opportunity would be having Jason Schwartzman as another Shroot, um, like oh, yeah. like okay, Moses. Yeah. It would be Moses' cousin, and Moses talks about him like Dwight talks about Moses. Oh yeah. shit! And, yeah, and it would be Jason Schwartzman though. Even yes. further down the rabbit hole of the Shroot Farms, like, oh, like he is just so off. Like <laughs> he does exclusively some like real obscure. He grows like radicchio, radicchio, or like, yeah, like he's he in in the Pennsylvania climate. He tries to dr- grow dragon fruit or something. <laughs> you, you know, what I mean? <laughs> it's like like just anything yes. like that. It's like something really really strange that he is tr- radicchio. That's a good one. Uh, like he he grows. 
he grows like offshoots of like other like vegetables. Yeah. So he does like rutabagas, palmellos. He does. <laughs> he does. He does. Uh, like green onions or like or like what are the small ones? Like the little uh, like, the shallots. The shallot. He does shallots. Yeah. He does rutabagas. He does like so. He does only exclusively like random styles of certain vegetable. He I does, don't know. He does rhubarb, but refuses to sell it to bakeries. Right. <laughs> he believes it can stand on its own without strawberries he says it doesn't need to be churched up with sugar (laughs) (laughs) but and and he has a very 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 thick german accent yes he has a very thick german accent and that's what i want and with 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 probably like with a with a i'm not saying like a hitler mustache or anything but i'm saying like a mustache that's just like outside of his nose, but yeah. very sharp with yes. very bushy eyebrows. And oh, like man. that's that's how I'm envisioning him with his haircut from um the Darjeeling Limited or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that that is how I'm picturing Jason Schwartzman in this. Did you know he's Nick Cage's cousin? Is he really? Yeah. Well fun fact. A lot of talent in that family. I get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll do I'll do my last one. We'll stick right. with the with the German theme. Oh boy. I want really badly for them to have like some other company come in and try and buy them out that's not Saber. And yeah. I want it to be a German paper firm and I want it to be Christoph Waltz. Oh my god. <laughs> I want him to be the guy who handles all of the negotiations and I want him to just basically be Colonel Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards. He just he just goes from like he just goes from like nice to sinister oh, instantaneously. Yeah. Yes. And like but Dwight befriends him to some degree. Yeah. I want I want Germ uh, I want German Dwight to talk with Hans Landa. <laughs> Imagine the scene he does in Inglorious Bastards where he's yes. doing the Italian and like oh my but God. with Dwight's terrible, terrible. German. <laughs> it's mostly industrial and pre industrial pre industrial. Yeah. Religious. <laughs> he's just trying to well, keep this is up either with an him. incense burner or a ceremonial sarcophagus. Sarcophagus. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh man, having Christoph Waltz inside of that inside of that office though would be amazing. And yes. then just like a an absolutely, like I want him just to the just to the nines, like German, like suit. I like want him very, to have like very, very small circular glasses. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very dark rim, but circular. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's got like some sort of Freudian like glasses on or something yes. like that. Oh man! And like and it's gotta is he's gotta have like a leather briefcase like that's like I want a soft like, briefcase. I want him to have a his own small espresso cup and saucer. Yeah, that he drinks from in the office that he pulls out of his suitcase. <laughs> yeah. he some like outrageous thermos that's like yes. very state but, of the art and sleek. But very small, just like his matching set of yes. cup. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so good. Yeah, like a German, a German company was going to come in before yeah. Saber, but then something botched it, and maybe it was the Scranton branch. Yeah, but they yeah. didn't. But they didn't allude to it. Yeah, you know. So, oh man, oh, that's super fun, man. That's god, my that's last one. That's super fun. Yeah. We can this do was a fun episode. Day. This is this is all day, man. Like we could sit around all day, um, but we can't. And you guys have more to get on with your day. And um, we had a lot of fun. This is way too easy to riff on, as you've seen. So we want to hear your guys's. Yeah, please. We need to hear your fantasy castings. We want to hear your fantasy actors and actresses who are coming into this world. How are they coming into this world? Uh, you know, tell us your your favorite ones. You know. Um, why is why is Ben Schwartz going to walk into this set? You know what I mean? <laughs> like I want to know I want to know real bad. If I, we're like, even if it's Parks a bad date with Pam. Oh. If we're gonna get the Parks and Rec crossover, I want it to be John Ralphio Saberstein. Oh my gosh, dude. Oh, big time. Big Dwight time. is trying to sell them paper for entertainment seven twenty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they buy a lot. Yeah. And they buy a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh Ooh, no. Shit. 
That's it. It only guys. makes sense. You got to buy 720,000 yeah. reams of paper. <laughs> Entertainment 720. Entertainment 720. All in. All in. And then all hands in, them a shrimp cocktail. <laughs> because otherwise, how are they going to print their own money? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comes full circle, baby. Uh, I guess you guys didn't know we are also pretty well versed in uh, some Parks and Rec. Oh, so. yes. Uh, new girl, whatever you got. Guys, we love our TV, but we do love The Office uh, more than anything in this world when it comes to that television. So um, we hope that you are enjoying it along with us. We really want you guys to keep sending in your fan theories while you're giving us your reviews, uh, your Spotify, your Apple podcast. Shoot over those five stars. And if you know what, if you want to give us something lower than that, that's your own prerogative. Just tell us why you did it. Give me an explanation. Okay? Tell me why you decided to give us less than five, all right? I don't know why they're showing up, but they're happening. But you guys go and tell us why, and if you disagree, then you tell them why you disagree. That's right. All right? Otherwise, guys, you can make sure to join us next week when we're talking all about... Parties. Ooh, parties. It's going to be 4th of July, so we're talking uh, parties. We're going to talk through you know, Robert California's pool party. We're going to talk through Jim's cookout. Yeah. Anything that's 4th of July, parties Toby. or parties, period. Yeah. I feel like we'll have a decent amount of content to go through on that. We'll talk about good times for your good times and your good vibes for your 4th of July. And then the week after that, we're doing seasons one and two, Dwight. Dwight. We're going to get back into some character specific yeah. ones. I want to dive into some characters for sure. Yeah. So Talk about some of our favorites, some of our least favorite stuff like we've done with the other characters. But it's going to be all about Dwight Kurt Schrute. well thank you guys again for joining us uh this week on scotch and splenda please get us on social media you can find us anywhere on twitter tiktok facebook instagram it's at scotch splenda uh if you'd prefer to email us we've got our email which is scotch and splenda podcast at gmail.com it's all spelled out no ampersand no plus any of that scotch and splenda podcast at gmail.com or call us in and leave us a voicemail. That's probably our favorite. Leave us one of those so that we can play your voice on air. We would love to hear you. The uh, people who listen would love to hear you. And we say it every week. It goes straight to voicemail. You don't have to talk to anybody. And that number is 319-359-7977. 319-359-7977. Leave us, the, leave us that voicemail. Perfect. Guys, you can find me anywhere on social media. It's A-J-A-Y-V-E-N-S, A-J-Vens, anywhere on social media. And you can find me, BJ, at I am the Beach. That's Beach, B-E-E-J, on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, you will find me in most places at Nick Morella. That's N-I-C-K-M-E-R-U-L-L-A. Uh, Twitch is probably where you'll see me the most, um, but you can find me if you dig the, the whiskey stuff, the beer stuff. You'll find me at Morella Nick on Instagram. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much again for joining us. And until next time, we will catch you on the flippity flip. The flippity flip. On the flippity flip. Goodbye. Bye.